Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Unlocking Business Potential, your business and advisory podcast backed by BDO Taranaki. As always, I've got joined with me, Melissa. Hello, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? Not too bad. And excitingly enough, today we have an another addition to the podcast, someone who we probably should have had on quite some time ago, but we finally got around to it. So joining us from home isolation, we have Steve White. So he's managing partner here at BDO Tadanaki. How are you, Steve? I'm great. Thanks, uh, Kelsey. Morning, guys. Morning. So we've got some pretty exciting topics to be talking about today. So we're looking at something that's been out in the media quite a lot today and that's the discussion around inflation. Before we get stuck in I just wanted to throw in our usual disclaimer that the information contained in this podcast is general in nature and is no substitute for tailored advice specific to your particular circumstances. If you do need advice make sure to touch base with your usual advisor or touch base with us, melancal at bdo.co.nz. So first of all, I think it's probably key, just outline to all of our listeners here today, what is inflation? So Steve, I wonder if you could help us out with that. Right, normally it's um, described as the change in the purchasing power of your of your money. And um, probably easiest in thinking of it in terms of uh, the consumer price index, CPI. CPI was um, built by the New Zealand Department of Statistics to try and measure that and it's built up based on a, a basket of goods and services that a typical household would be expected to um, to buy. So it's mostly focused on consumers rather than businesses um, and then they measure the movement in that price so, <clears throat> Excuse me, over the years. Um, and they're yeah, quite interesting that if you go back to when uh, pounds, shillings and pence went out and the dollar first came in in 1967, um, a dollar then uh, takes $20 today to buy the same things, a factor of 20. So it's pretty amazing the the compounding effect of inflation over the years. So um, yeah, we've seen inflation um, really become topical in the last few months because it has leapt outside of the uh, the target band of two to three percent to be uh, 5.9 as at uh, December and expectations are right now it's it's climbed significantly above that as well. It's a bit scary I guess when you think about it because like you said it's the purchasing power of our money so essentially what we are now receiving as income or other forms of inflows is now not able to buy quite as much as we used to be able to buy. Exactly right. Definitely noticing that at the supermarket, I went to go buy broccoli yesterday and it was $6, so I kind of just left it on the shelf and kept going and thought veggies aren't that important, are they? Yeah, that's that's important to understand that CPI is just an average and if you look at individual uh, goods and services and, and industries like farming at the moment, they're seeing inflation probably in the high teens to 20s because... Uh, a lot of their costs are imported and impacted by, by COVID and things. Fuel prices going through the roof. I think they've gone up 30% in the last um, in the last two weeks. Um, oil prices, so yeah, that's driving fertiliser and all sorts of, of commodity prices. And there's obviously a lot of different things that are feeding into that increase in inflation. As you mentioned, we've got the continuing effect of COVID-19 and then we also have 
um, the developing situation in Russia and the Ukraine as well. So there's a lot of different things that are feeding into inflation that is really seeing it jump so high so quickly. Yeah, and some people, you know, classical economic theory says we should have had rampant inflation for the last 10 years, you know, when I went to university. Um, they they talked about if you increase the, the supply of money in the economy um, and didn't increase the number of goods and services, quantity of goods and services, then the price for those goods and services would go up. That would cause inflation. Now, countries all around the world for the last 10 years since the global financial crisis have been printing money and inflation hasn't appeared, or certainly not in our... Um, not in our profit and loss accounts, if you like, in our expenses and our in our purchasing power of our um, weekly grocery bills. Um, but we have seen inflation in asset prices. We've seen land prices, we've seen house prices, we've seen anything from art to shares, um, all those sorts of things going going up and up and up. And people have been wondering why has the economic theory broken down? Why haven't we had inflation over the last 10 years? And there are probably some good reasons that, that people have landed on and technology is, is a big part of that. So the internet and the commoditization of things, it's very easy for people to price check um, one against another. And okay, they might not be comparing quality of the goods or services, but very easy for them to, to understand what the current market prices for something. And that makes it very difficult for us to, to change those prices without thinking at least that we're going to receive an impact in terms of demand for our services. So that's one part of it. Technology itself has um, been used to increase people's productivity and um, and therefore that has driven down costs and that's that's been great. Um, and business restructuring, more and more people are moving out of uh, corporates all around the world and setting up for themselves in, in small business, small to medium sized businesses and getting some cost advantage out of that. Um, you know, the gig economy that we hear about, um, and that has driven down prices or, or stopped them from going up anyhow. So some people think that inflation we're seeing now was really just finally arrived. But more likely, the things that you talked about before, COVID and the um, disruption to supply chains, the inability to get labour into the country to, uh, to meet the demand that is there at the moment, never had such severe um, shortage of labour, both skilled and unskilled, and uh, unemployment rate at 3.4%. You know, back in the olden days, uh, 5% was full employment. 3.4% is crazy. I was going to say, that's the thing is that with that low employment, it's always praised as being something really good. Yay, we've got low unemployment, but you're forgetting the fact that we actually need so many more people to be producing what we have essentially promised to the rest of the world and internally as well. Yeah, yeah. So those people are faced with what you talked about before, the increase in grocery bills, 5.9%. They know that they are very scarce commodities. Um, what are they going to be looking for in their next wage round? Um, quite rightly, justifiably. So that's going to feed into extra cost and, and challenges for business and, and general inflation. That almost just pushes inflation up again then, doesn't it, though? Because everyone needs more money to afford it, so then everything goes up again. Yeah, yeah. And it, there is a vicious, they call it the cost and, and price spiral. You know, it's uh, 
we saw it back in the uh, 80s and 90s, um, and I think it's it's back and it's going to take a significant effort um, from uh, the central bank and government to, to really head it off because people's expectations then become, well, costs are going up, I've got to increase my, my, um, my wages and, and uh, the price of my labour. Um, completely understandable. And of course, that just, as you say, drives further costs, drives further. Um, we, need a, we need a circuit breaker. We do, and it is a bit of a concern as well. I think I heard something that said that the OCR rate's expected to almost double within the next upcoming years. So that that's going to cause some real big issues for people personally because those that have are almost mortgaged up to your eyeballs when you've got interest rates increasing by potentially up to double, that is going to cause some real... You'd be quite scared at home when you think about that and your new interest rate renewals. Yeah, I think that... The latest projections that could almost treble, um, Kelsey, because of the what's what's happened in the last couple of months. So, why is that? Um, again, classical economic theory: when you're faced with um, too much demand and not enough goods and services, then you crash the demand. You, you you try to shrink down the demand if you can't increase the supply, and COVID stops us from doing that. Then. Um, then you have to look at the demand side. So by increasing um, interest costs, they say, well, people are going to be um, impacted in a number of ways. One, they're, they're going to have to pay out more each month in their interest bill. They're going to be a little bit more concerned about uh, the future um, interest bills coming through. So they might save more and spend less. And the banks might say, well, actually, uh, we're not quite so happy with your level of spending. So can you please pay a little bit of your debt back? So there could be three impacts all coming in from an increase in interest rates. So, yeah, that's that's the tool that's been used in the past and they're saying they will use it again and really, you know, speaking harshly, they will have to crash the economy to stop this um, cost-wage spiral. So, pretty scary stuff. It is, and I think we are already seeing the beginning of that with just how quickly interest rates have gone up in, say, the last 12 months. That that OCR rate, the interest rates are following. The banks are really trying to get that to a level that it, the economy is going to start reacting to. But with inflation still going up, I don't think we've hit that peak yet. No, well, again, back in the olden days, I think it was 5% was seen as being the sustainable rate of interest and anything below that was stimulatory and anything above that was contractionary we're at uh, you know three percent something like that three and a half percent so we've got to we've got to rise uh, quite a bit before we before we start even slowing down let alone um, stopping i suppose one thing in business's favor is that perversely our fascination in New Zealand with with property house, houses in particular means that people are so indebted now that a very small movement in the interest rate is going to have a massive impact on people's spending and and demand. So, yes, from business's point of view, perhaps that's a positive because the Reserve Bank won't have to raise interest rates too high to have a profound effect on people's demand. So that'll be one cost that businesses face that won't be um, impacted so badly. Yeah, and it's just the worry though of with a contracting economy, all these businesses that have been growing and growing and expecting increased sale volumes, how they're going to 
essentially prepare for the fact that the buying isn't might not be there in the future like there might be a reduction in buying and how they're gonna I guess structure their businesses so that they are still viable as well yeah and the counter argument to that is that the demand is so strong at the moment that the feeling is that you can af afford to throttle back and still have plenty of demand there. Sales aren't the problem typically at the moment. It's the resources, getting resources, um, including, including good labour. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. And when you talk about good labour, that almost brings us on to the second point that we really wanted to talk about today. And that's also that minimum wage rise. So an increase on the 1st of April 2022 from $20 per hour to $21.20. So that's reflectant of a 5.9% increase, which is in line with that inflation. But this is really going to impact our business owners, isn't it? it? It certainly is. And, you know, we spoke about it before that it's perfectly understandable that people would want to to achieve at least um, the cost of inflation in terms of a wage rise in, in times of full employment and and the government's um, ambition to have the lower paid amongst us keeping up with inflation you know it's, it's a laudable ambition but yes it, it does impact on business and drives up that that cost not just for those people on or very near to um, the minimum wage but relativities within that business so Suddenly, people are looking around who have been in the business for a number of years and and got good strong skills and and responsibilities, and they're saying, "Well, how, how does the person coming in and, and tidying up the factory with no skills and just learning um, to hold a pen? Um, how do they how do they justify being on on two dollars an hour less than me? You know, after so many years of training and experience and sweat and equity in the in the firm." And then this is something that we've spoken about before, about what it means to be a good employer and how you both attract and retain those good stuff. And that's definitely going to be a consideration with this minimum wage rise about what those skilled staff, as you say, are going to be expecting and what those additional costs are going to mean for businesses. Yeah, I'd really encourage um, businesses out there to get ahead of the curve and to to anticipate those pressures and, and changes and if they're going to happen get out there ahead of it and, and make the changes now and maintain that that uh, employer of choice that that attractiveness because this change in inflation and stuff like that still isn't going to address the lack of, of resources that the decreased um, labor in the marketplace if you lose good people it's going to be very difficult to go out there and try and buy them so yet there will be some businesses that fail and, and some resources will come on the market, but we are hopeful that won't be uh, heaps. And if you've got a good, strong business constrained by resources, here's an opportunity to um, to show that you are better boss than the, the guy there up down the road and, and use it to your advantage. Yeah, I think that's really, really key because you're right. There are still all of these other like resource constraints sitting there, but with in your workforce like look after the people you've got because you quite often find that buying in someone else is always a bit more expensive than just giving the increase in pay rise that your employees have showed you that dedication actually probably deserve yeah yeah no it's every every um, challenge is also an opportunity and and there will be winners and losers and you just want to be one of the winners always want to be a winner <laughs> 
And I guess the thing with buying in labor that you need to consider is the person that's already there knows your, your knows your business is, is going to be cheaper because there is going to be a cost of buying in that labor, such as recruitment and training that person in your business as well. So don't underestimate the costs of recruitment and training that will need to be factored into buying in new labor. Yeah, I mean, I've heard heard measures of anywhere between 50% and 100% of salary costs as being the, the cost of onboarding and, and upskilling people. And obviously that, that will vary depending on the position that they're in. Um, but it is significant, you're right, Melissa, that people shouldn't just think of it as uh, the wage cost. Absolutely. And we probably want to put like a bit of a positive spin on this because it does feel like everything's just melting on top of us, both personally and in our business lives. So I wonder what other strategies that businesses could be implementing to kind of keep up with this inflation, this minimum wage rise. So my first initial thought was like reviewing your margins and making sure you actually are still charging out correct rates. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not going to be doing your customers any favour by going out of out of business. So you've got to look to um, keep yourself healthy and um, as a business. And also, I think, challenge those assumptions around um, your price and demand for your services. So look at, you know, okay, now in more sensitive times, but I've been asking my clients over the last few years, look, you're telling me you're so busy. And you're not making enough money for the risk that you are taking. Um, why don't you increase your prices? Oh, I couldn't possibly do that. I might lose customers. Well, wouldn't that be a good thing? You wouldn't be quite so busy. Um, okay, that's a bit challenging. But yeah, if you increase your prices by 10%, will that impact on the demand for your services? If you don't increase your prices by 10%, what does that mean in terms of your profits and your ability to convert? to invest in your business and, and invest in your people. So you don't want to be on a downward spiral, you want to be on an upward upward spiral. So um, try it, put your prices up and, and see what happens. It's always a test as well and the market will react quite quickly to that and you'll know if it was a positive and pricing's flexible. You can revert back to like discounted prices if you think it's not working or creating too much of an impact as well. It's easy enough to, to move back. You can lose business, but if you put them up and um, and there is a, a negative reaction, as we probably in our brains are thinking there will be, it's easy enough to renegotiate with your with your key customers. And maybe it's an opportunity to segment your business a bit more and focus on those customers that really are valuing your services and, and to look at cleaning out those customers that are just a pain in the neck. Those, those guys that are continually um, slagging you off and, and paying only because they, they feel like they have to pay this, they don't, they don't value you, your goods or services, let them go and muck, around, muck up somebody else's business and you focus on the good guys and, and look at getting more good customers attracted to your business. Absolutely. As we said, supply and demand is really the issue here with inflation and wage costs. So if you're finding yourself with too much demand, then pricing is going to be one way that you can try and manage that a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And another tip that I really did want to just check in is just with anyone who is providing quotes within their businesses, just make sure that you have adjusted the terms on those quotes. We are saying that labor as well as supply prices are going up quite frequently. So you don't want to be locked into six-month 
terms on your quotes and then you are actually losing money on those quoted works. So just making sure you're reviewing those terms as well. Yep, yep, those long-term supply agreements and things like that. Go back and, and look at uh, re renegotiating those. Some of the, your contracts might have um, CPI adjustments that just haven't been triggered for years because there's been no real pressure to. Um, there is absolute pressure to now and um, perhaps you can claw back some of those prior CPI adjustments that you may not have um, put in place. That's fantastic. Now, thanks so much for joining us today, Steve. I feel like inflation is quite a scary topic, so it's quite nice to just kind of explain really what it is because I think for most people it is a bit, a bit confusing. So to explain how it's come about and also to let us know how that's actually going to impact us personally and on our businesses has been really, really good. Thank you. Uh, you're most welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unlocking Business Potential. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to head along to your favorite podcast app and like, rate and subscribe so that you can receive notifications on when the next episodes are released. And if you do have any questions for either myself or Melissa or are in need of tailored advice, please do not hesitate to contact us at melinkel at bdo.co.nz. And we look forward to joining you next time on Unlocking Business Potential, your business and advisory podcast backed by BDO Taranaki.